put you on the map. This is Ron Costa broadcasting live from the Mappable USA studios here in Las Vegas. And folks, are we in a recession? A lot of people think so. Who knows what that even is defined as. But we're going to talk about that today a little bit with, with an aspect of uh, Opportunity Zones investing as well. So before we do that, let's introduce Vicky Hutchmala from the QOZ Marketplace. Vicky, how are you today? Oh, Ron, I'm so fabulous. I can hardly stand it. And Vegas is cooling down, which is also a good thing. This is our favorite time of year, fall, which leads to winter and spring, and that's why we live here. And we have, like you said, we have a great podcast set up for today. We're going to talk about recession and investing and uh, how it impacts opportunity zones and, and just what type of investing works or doesn't work in these times that we're uh, living through. So let's introduce our guest and let's get started. Our repeat guest, he's done the show before. Uh, folks, say hello to Bob Absolutely. Hutchins. He's the CEO from the Elevars Impact Funds. Bob, how are you today? I'm doing good, and thank you so much, Ron and Vicki, for inviting me uh, to your podcast. I'm looking forward to uh, discussing uh, the future of Opportunity Zones. Excellent. Same we always here. love having you, Bob. Yeah, and, 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 you know, Bob, we were talking about this right before the podcast, how how quickly time is going by. We had did a podcast with you, seems like yesterday, but it was actually you know, almost about a year ago, almost a little, little, little less than a year. And, man, has time gone, really? gone by. Yeah, yeah. Crazy oh, stuff, huh? yeah, it certainly has. It certainly has. Yeah. And it's a different world today. It sure a is. Different yep, world. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, yeah, so before we get into the actual show here, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about yourself and Elevaz. What are you, uh, tell us about what you guys are doing over there. And how you yeah, and your background as well. Sure. Well, my background is I'm a certified public accountant. I was a tax partner with a national accounting firm, and my practice was primarily made up of uh, very high net worth individuals and families with closely held businesses. As a tax advisor on the income and estate tax minimization side, as well as uh, um, uh, I am a certified valuation analyst. Uh, and did evaluate, pre- uh, prepared valuation uh, reports for closely held businesses, uh, which led me into uh, uh, serving as an intermediary to ultra high net worth families in evaluating private deals for investment, uh, mostly direct investment, like angel direct, uh, angel investing. Uh, so um, that was my career. Uh, a couple of years ago, a few, three years ago, we, as I retired out of public accounting and went into impact investing, in particular looking to, uh, uh, to leverage the significant income tax benefits of opportunity zone investing, uh, we uh, opened up Elevaz Impact Capital to manage uh, opportunity funds as well as impact investment funds that are not OZs uh, but have very high social impact. Uh, Elevaz's mission is to create place-based value. Uh, We go into the uh, most underserved communities and look to increase value in those communities to the existing residents by uh, adding um, 
uh, quality, dignified housing, uh, and working with uh, stakeholders on the ground to assist um, the communities in reaching their goals. Oh, very nice. You know, impact investing is kind of goes hand in hand with opportunity zones in that whole program because it, you know, trying to elevate the condition of distressed areas, but also to elevate the the quality of life of the people that live there. So impact investing is very important and, and works hand in hand with the Opportunity Zone program. Absolutely, Vicki. We take a uh, shared values approach to our, invest, our investing. Shared values means that we um, equally consider the impact that we want to affect in the communities that we invest in as well as provide a risk-adjusted, reasonable return to our investors. We are a direct investment vehicle, uh, which means that we uh, are, are pretty much supporting our ultra-high net worth individuals, family office, and businesses, uh, the, the, their ability to directly invest in social impact. Um, it's a little bit different than what anyone else is doing, that's our niche. It's, it's, a, it's a, a small vertical, but uh, we're very uh, committed to that mission. And within the Opportunity Zone, tax benefits gives us a lot of uh, opportunities to bring tax benefits to these individuals, while at the same time equally sharing in that social impact. Right, which is why the Opportunity Zone program, as well as impact investing, is, is so important because it combines those two things, but it also, it gives the, the folks who are investing in these types of investments, it, you know, it kind of touches their heart and it allows them to give back to humanity. Exactly, exactly. It's legacy investing. Uh, it's not philanthropy. They're not writing a check and never seeing it. Uh, it is, in fact, investment in America. We're, re we're reinvesting right. in community, once great communities, building them back up. It's, it's good for society. It's good for America. It's good for everybody. Yeah, I like the term the legacy investing. That's, that's, a, that's a good term for the whole thing that you guys are doing. Exactly. Um, but, uh, but, Bob, you know, when the Opportunity Zones program started a couple of years ago, uh, you know, the world was in a little bit of a different place here. And, you know, now fast forward to where we are right now, uh, there's, you know, many people will say we're in a recession and we're in recessionary times, uh, inflation, gas prices, stock market, uh, you know, collapsing, everything's bad for the most part. But, um, you know, what, what do you think about that? Are, are we in recessionary times? What does this mean for like an Opportunity Zones program in general? Well, I, I'll, um, I'm not Ben Bernanke, who just won the Nobel Prize, but I, um, <laughs> I, 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 do have, I do have my thoughts on the macroeconomics that we're going through right now. And um, one of those, or a few of those, I'll discuss. I think, number one, I think inflation is here for, for a longer time than we think. Um, and yeah. that's primarily caused by poor poor central bank planning. Uh, the Fed was late in rising interest rates, raising interest rates, excuse me. 
and the um, just the, the the quantitative easing was just out of control. We're at thirty-one trillion dollars of debt. At some point, these um, these these kinds of mismanagements of the economy have to come due. So inflation is is a real concern. We have war between Russia and Ukraine. Anytime there's there's uh, active war, that's that does in fact leave uh, a lot of hesitancy and 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 uh, neurosis in investors. Um, and it, and you, we're talking the the relationship between China and the U.S. is not at at its best. Taiwan is an issue which is constantly being discussed. These are things that all affect where money goes. Um, so I think we're going to be uh, struggling for a few years, a couple of years at least, to regain supply chains through a new type of globalization. And you can see China, Russia, to some extent India is working together to in their globalization. Uh, India may go one way or another or go both. Europe, hopefully, uh, and, and the U.S., and I think the U.S. and the uh, North and, and, and South American continent is seeing itself as a much more valuable supply chain um, or reliable supply chain uh, than uh, what we uh, the globalization supply chain where we were uh, basically funding uh, economies that were uh, raising military uh, uh, strength which could be used against us. So these are all things that from a macroeconomic standpoint as I look at them I say we, we're going to go through a couple of years of, of global uh, uh, retrenchment and then we need to accept that. So what does that mean for opportunity zones, uh, uh, fund managers and investors? Well, in its simplest form, an opportunity fund or an opportunity zone investment is another type of alternative investment. It's a highly tax sophisticated investment. It's a long-term investment. And it's suitable primarily for high net worth individuals that are interested in these uh, types of benefits. Alternative investments have always been more suitable for institutional, family office, ultra high net worth individuals. And um, we, we see now, and there's been a lot written about uh, the excess liquidity going into family offices, private equity funds, venture capital funds. If we look at the valuations on the uh, investments in alternative, uh, uh, going into alternative investments, such as a venture capital firm, we see uh, tremendous, tremendously optimistic valuations. Uh, we just went through 10 years of good times. The parties were running. You know, the parties were running all night long. And we had over that 10-year period, we had over a thousand unicorns uh, evaluations. Just by definition, if you have a thousand, it can't be a unicorn. You know, it's, it's <laughs> right, uh, right. It's um, right. So uh, uh, the the certified valuation analyst in me comes out and says, and has said that you know, opportunity zones, in the truest sense, that they're carrying out their purpose and they're honest with their investors, 
cannot compete with uh, the sale of, of, of uh, unicorns that are flying all around or other forms of alternative investments that have had unreasonable valuations over the last couple of years. So there's going to be a real, there already is a real pressure on um, private equity and VC firms uh, to hold down valuations. They're giving very, very, they're they're competitors to opportunity zones. uh, And we, we, we need to realize that, that, you know, when we sit down with an investor, he says, well, I can get this at this, PE firm, or I can get this with a venture capital firm or something. So in every sense, these valuations, I think, have been detrimental to good OZ investment. Now these valuations are under strict review. Um, I call it a market reset. And as, a, as an analyst in, in, in valuations, uh, one, of the, one of the core the core equations is what is the equity risk premium? You know, uh, earnings risks results in a higher equity risk premium. Uh, When you add the higher equity risk premiums to higher 10-year treasury rates, you get value, you you get cap rates that are much higher and you get valuations that are significantly lower. So in, in, in our practice here where we, represent investors. We're not real estate developers. We represent investors in impact investing and opportunity zone investing. It's actually a good thing. It's actually brought out a lot more interest in what we're doing because there is an oversupply of money for investment, and now they're being much more uh, 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 careful about where they're investing their money. So I have actually, I actually think that this reset, this market reset, this return to sanity in valuations will give opportunity zone investing a better chance to compete with other types of alternative investments uh, in a fair marketplace. And we're seeing that with uh, a significant amount of more interest coming uh, into our office, both on the OZ side and in our um, non-OZ social impact fund, uh, which is Elevate Neighborhood Homes Fund. And there's, but there's a lot of interest in the OZs. Also, our, our Elevate Shared Values Opportunity Fund, one, two, and three. Um, so that, that coupled with the idea with the, with, the, with the realization that a $31 trillion uh, deficit, um, that it, it more likely than not you'll see higher taxes on capital gains in, if not the immediate future. I mean, it depends on elections, of course. But in the, if, if you look out 10 years, and, and most of our investor clients look out 10-plus years, they look out a generation or more, they realize that, from, from a uh, um, standpoint of capital gains or taxes on capital gains, it can't go lower. It can only go higher. So opportunity zone investing, uh, from a tax standpoint, it becomes uh, more attractive given the, the, the inflation and the 
realization that budget deficits are just going to go up until there is a significant tax increase here in America. Uh, all these things, they're not good for our economy, but they reflect a reset, I keep using that, uh, of valuations, which will make opportunity fund investing much more attractive. Um, well, we particularly like you, the, Yeah, go ahead. You particularly like what? We particularly like the space that we invest in. Workforce housing is? is workforce housing uh, for families in the 80 to 100 percent of area medium income. Um, affordability in housing, uh, which is 60 to 80 percent of uh, area medium income. There's a huge lack of supply, a huge lack of supply nationwide for housing affordability. Uh, the so-called starter homes and uh, quality rental housing um, is, is, is not meeting demand. So what we have is, is all this much supply of money uh, in alternative investments, and suddenly everybody has to get sober. You know, it's been 10 years of uh, drinking the Kool-Aid and uh, smoking whatever they're doing. Now suddenly everyone has to sober up and has to deal with true intrinsic valuations, which I love because we only, we only invest with intrinsic valuation, uh, valuations. Um, well, when, you, when, you put, when you put the economics of one alternative investment compare it to another, and then you add on to the OZ, the exclusion of capital gains with a lower equity risk premium that would be applied to investments such as workforce housing, et cetera, we feel that we'll have a lot more competitive edge for, for, for allocating capital toward our, our, our funds. So, we actually think that it's going to be good for us, um, just in a, uh, just in, in that kind of a reset. And I, there are other reasons I could go into that we also think that we'll 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 succeed uh, in the next uh, three to five years. So, would, Bob, would you say that in light of how everything is is relative to each other, that this inflation recession kind of impact on on everything at a global level as well as a national level are you finding that investors have like you said stopped and and now they're reevaluating where they invest are they are there more investors investing more or less money as you say, in alternative investments like opportunity zones or impact investing, how do you see the uh, what investors are looking at to decide where exactly they should invest their money because of inflation, recession, impacts around the world? Well, there's a couple of things. Um, we're getting uh, a calls from uh, registered investment advisors whose clients are reading uh, a considerable amount of 
information, which is negative to ESG, that um, while ESG was the, um, the flavor of the month for so long, there's been a lot of, a lot of uh, narrative on how measuring ESG and, and, and the discretionary, um, almost marketing department-driven uh, uh, material, greenwashing is what a lot of people call it, we now see uh, investment advisors looking for impact investments to satisfy the social investing needs of their clients. So we've been talking with a number of broker-dealer uh, investment advisors and RIAs uh, who now are looking at impact investing. And, I, and, and impact investing is very different than ESG investing, uh, in my opinion. Yes. And so uh, since we are impact investors, first and foremost, uh, we have been um, fortunate to get quite a bit of that uh, traffic. Yeah, the, I the think ESG that the... I was going to say, Bob, the, the ESG investing is a nice little uh, buzzword and everything, but it gets down to the basic, uh, I guess, caveat of opportunity zones, really any investing, is that you know, your, your deal has to pencil out and make money, right? Just because it's an opportunity zone fund or opportunity zone deal doesn't mean it's a great deal, right? Just because it's an ESG thing, it doesn't mean it's a great deal. It's got to make money for the investor, right? So that's a concern that a lot of these people have, I think. Well, I think they have a couple of concerns. One is, is that are they buying stock in a company that really does have social purpose? Um, ESG, you know, I read ads all the time. Uh, there's one very prominent uh, investment house that talks about how they'll take you on their ESG journey, which um, I find a little ironic because um, ESG is a risk. <coughs> excuse me, is a risk me measurement metric. It's not a journey. There is no destination. Um, yeah, right. And, and um, it, 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 it's purely risk-averse. So you're, at its best, you're investing in, in companies or projects that do no harm. There is no intention to, to ESG investing. Impact investing is intentional investing. And right. investors are looking for intention. My intention is to invest in a project that has um, net zero uh, carbon. My intention is to invest in a, uh, in a, to make an investment that changes the neighborhood, reduces crime, makes healthy housing, uh, better security, and uh, uh, affordable housing. So, the ESG doesn't, you know, it doesn't really live up to its initial marketing claims. Impact investing now is becoming very, very popular because that's what investors are asking their advisors to get them. And so we've seen a lot of traffic uh, toward our, our offices in that respect. And a number of broker-dealers are forming uh, impact investing 
divisions, uh, and we've gotten some calls on that also. So we think that's a real positive for us. Yeah, and a lot of your clients are family offices, is that right? Yes, we deal with a, a quite a few very ultra high net worth families where we um, provide strategy, tax planning, uh, we provide impact investing uh, uh, advisory services, etc. So that uh, these families are allocating a portion of their capital to impact investing, they're allocating where appropriate. Um, uh, capital gains toward our impact opportunity zone funds. Um, so yes, that is our primary uh, investor. Uh, right. At this point. And, and, yes. And, and these uh, these family offices, they're really sophisticated investors. They they really are smart and intelligent. Obviously. Uh, so when you talk about these funds, they understand that it's a long term investment, like ten years. They're, they're looking to do this for tax benefits as well, right? Oh my God! Yeah, they don't want to sell. They would yeah. just as soon stay in the stay in the partnership to 2045. They're investing for their <laughs> grandchildren. They're not investing for themselves. Um, if they stayed in the deal to 2045, they could get that entire step up right to 2045. Um, we also manage private label, you know, captive opportunity funds for some of our higher, you know, our really super rich clients where they have it they developed an, an oz strategy for developing themselves and we help them with that find deals co-develop with them if, if, and help them in that side manage the fund so on and so forth that's just a but that's not an l of oz brand that's a uh, captive um, yeah yeah. With, yeah so there's more interest in that too so when these, what about, when, these really, when these really sophisticated uh, uh, family offices come to you and you say something like, well, you know, we may be in a recession, their attitude then is just to kind of shrug it off and say, well, still, it doesn't matter. This is still good for opportunity zones, right? They're, they're, they're still really bullish in the opportunity zone space as of today, right? They are, yes, because my, my family office clients have not – have not paid for these valuations. They're they're highly liquid right now, uh, yes. and they they see this as an opportunity, not as a crisis. Um, so then they can wait. Oh yeah, sure, yeah, absolutely. They they liquidated. They can to pay. Yeah, they they liquidated a number of uh, very high value properties. Uh, two of them, and and put it into a captive OZ, and now they're moving that OZ into impact, you know, impact investing. Uh, family offices are extremely sophisticated. Uh, they are highly comfortable with alternative investments and private equity. Uh, the average family office. You know, I think the stats are that they only have about 20% of their net worth in marketable securities, everything else. And, and, and we fit into the family office space because we are a direct investment fund. Our funds are built specifically for family offices. We have no carry huh. interest, right? We, we're direct investors. When, it, when a, a family invests 
$10 million in our fund and we invest a million dollars, you know, or they've invest $9 million and I invest a million or we invest a million. At the end, if we doubled our money, they're going to get $18 million and I'm going to get $2 million. And the only difference is... And everybody's happy. Yes. So our funds are not built to make us rich. Our funds are built to to invest side by side uh, in impact investing with our uh, very high net worth individuals. Yeah. So that's although, what, that's although, another thing that differentiates us from the from the others. Yeah. Although, right. although so, two, two Bob, is nothing to sneeze at, though, right? <laughs> but um, you know, So it, Bob, it, why don't you? Why don't you uh, tell us about uh, impact angel investing? Well, we, we do that as well. Angel. We do, yes, yes, yes. We do impact. Uh, we have an impact angel network um, of, of uh, accredited uh, high net worth individuals who uh, like to invest as as angel investors or in an angel fund capacity. Um, uh, and um, these are all entrepreneurs who built up their own businesses, and it gives them an opportunity to help uh, uh, finance the next generation of entrepreneurs. Now, what we're doing a little differently than most is that we have a program called Boomers Funding Zoomers, and <laughs> we decide that and the, and the Zoomers are the most entrepreneurial generation yet in this country. And so we have a, um, a partnership with New Jersey Institute of Technology, which is the number one entrepreneurial school in New Jersey, uh, their graduate school of entrepreneurship, where we, we, um, we do two things. We participate in their um, entrepreneurship award um, which previously was just three thousand dollars, we 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 upped that to fifteen thousand. So we now give fifteen thousand dollars to a student who has the best idea uh, for a, uh, a an impact, a company that can show social impact and financial reward. Um, but more than that, after that. Uh, after the competition's done, uh, not only is the student get the fifteen thousand dollar grant from Elevaz Angels, but we take this. We'll be taking the six or eight best entries, and we'll give them a chance to pitch their business to our angel network, and then oh. we can. And and then we, our angels will decide if they want to invest in these young entrepreneurs. And so we're, it's very hard to get, it's very hard to get startup money. Nobody wants to do that. Um, or at least not the institutional uh, VCs. You, you can talk to what they call startup VCs or, you know, they're not really startup. Yeah. They're all, right. So I've been an angel investor and an entrepreneur my whole life. And so my, my network of, uh, of colleagues are the same way. They started from scratch, built up businesses, sold them. And so we, we're looking to find both uh, great business models that show social impact, whether that be in healthcare or 
climate change or whatever, but it has to have social impact. You know, it don't come to well, me with a uh, with a, an idea for a pornography uh, website or something. We're not going to do that. <laughs> well, that has, has have... a lot of social impact. <laughs> yes, well, it, it, it does, negative, but yeah. Let me say positive. Well, I mean, in Vegas, it does. If you live in Vegas, Bob, it has a lot of impact. (laughs) But we're not in Vegas, Vicki. We're in New Jersey. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I was going to ask you, Bob, how do you decide what, uh, how how does your uh, angel network decide what projects? Do Do you keep them in a certain location, or do you go all over the country to find the project that you... We're we're here in New Jersey, and New Jersey Institute of Technology, which is one of the leading national entrepreneurship uh, and engineering schools, um, has a, a a very generous supply. So we 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 are we are partnering with them to fund their entrepreneurs. Um, we may expand that to other schools. Uh, there is competition that other schools can bring to New Jersey Institute of Technology, so, but they're New Jersey schools. So we're, at the present time, we're concentrating just on New Jersey uh, in our ANGEL oh. network. Oh, very good. Right. All right. Uh, we're, we, that's, a small, that's a smaller portion of what we're doing and uh, an excuse for uh, – uh, for us to get together and have a good meal and talk to some young people that are, you know, have have big dreams and uh, maybe offer some advice. Lots of passion. Be a mentor. Yep, exactly. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, so, sounds sounds good, Bob. Listen, uh, before we end this podcast, I, I want to go back to what you said earlier about working with these family offices and and how they're, you know, they're still bullish on this whole opportunity zone thing in general. Uh, I don't know if people out there understand how how difficult it is to get a family office as a client. I mean, these people are so sophisticated, and they have their their uh, sphere of, of influencers, et cetera. And for you to be part of that whole group, man, you must be doing a great job because it's not like you just call somebody up and say, hey, I want to talk to the guy in charge of the family office, and already you're doing the deal. I mean, you're talking about years of, uh, of 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 doing you know phone calls back and forth before they can trust you for something, right? So uh, congratulations on that. That's a, that's a great accomplishment for you. Thank you very much. We um, we 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 are uh, very fortunate uh, to have these clients, and um, we provide a very high level of advisory services for them, and we. Uh, we developed our funds to meet their needs. They're low, they're low fees, transparent. So we, we work for them. That's, um, and that's exactly. further, yeah, that raises the level of trust uh, that we're doing the right thing for them. Right, right. And then uh, later, on today, later on today when I go to the gas station to get gas, I'm going to think about this podcast. I'm going to have a better feeling about inflation and the economy and the recession in general because – I think we've talked about a lot of positive things here, so that's a really good thing. What, what about you, Vicky? What do you think about that? <laughs> well, I think you're right, Ron. I think there's a silver lining in everything, and and if there's a silver lining in uh, opportunity zones and 
impact investing. Maybe, you know, inflation brought that silver lining to cause more people to reevaluate how they're investing, where they're investing, and how much they're investing, and just to learn in general alternative ways of investing. And that's what Alavos and, and Bob is doing that I I so congratulate you for Bob because you take the real true concept of the opportunity zone program as well as impact investing to actually do the thing that it was meant to do which is to elevate the communities as well as to elevate the quality of life of the folks who live there and show them a better a better way and you know kudos to you for being able to accomplish that as you have Bob that's 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 special that's fabulous thank you very much appreciate yeah. that, that uh, affirmation thank you yeah and last thing Bob uh, people want to find out more about impact investing and Elevaz how do they get a hold of you what's the best way to reach you uh, well our, our website is Elevaz E-L-L-A-V-O-Z dot com um, I am Robert at Elavaz, E-L-L-A-V-O-Z dot com. And my phone, direct phone number, cell phone is 908-330-2029. And um, I look forward to talking to people about Opportunity Zone investing, impact investing, and uh, how, it's, how, how they can benefit by it. Yeah. Well, and they we should have, absolutely uh, contact. Exactly, exactly. All right, Bob, listen, thanks for being a guest on the show today. Really appreciate it. And, Vicki, thanks for co-hosting this episode. Folks, you're listening to the Mappable USA podcast at mappableusa.com. If you scroll down the homepage right there, you'll see all our syndication sources. Pick the one you like best and subscribe, and you'll never miss another one of our shows. And if you want to be a guest on the show like Bob was today, there's a guest tab there. Fill that out. We'll see what you can do about getting you on the show. And if you like what you heard today, send us an email at info at mappableusa.com or just leave a comment on whatever page you're listening to us on right now. So thanks for listening. Thank you for your support. We'll be back here next time with another Mappable USA podcast. Have a great week, everyone.